Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. All right. As we're just finishing here, can we just do a couple of declarations as a family over them? I love what uh, um, Kayla did over here. I just want to. So just repeat after me. You guys ready for this? All right. We declare supernatural health over every baby. The connection with God will be better than all of ours put together. We just declare that you see angels, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, that you will see lives healed and saved, that you will do great things for the Father. And you will always know how loved you are. You will always know how loved you are. Amen. 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 Awesome. Can we just give them just a lot of glory? Okay, now we're getting to the the other part of church, I guess. Good morning. Hope that didn't take too long. Some stuff just feels really important, and you don't want to rush through things, you know? I mean, do you guys just love the kids laying? I've never seen that before, and yet I was talking to Jennifer. She's like, do you think the kids could come out? I'm like, yes, duh. Anyway, that was a great idea. Um, it's good to surround yourself with people that are amazing and have really good ideas. Then you don't have to have them. It takes a lot of pressure off you. <laughs> hey, if you don't know me, my name is uh, Jesse. Uh, my wife, Jessica, um, the senior pastor is here. We love you guys. We're excited, church. Um, how many of you guys were here last week? Raise your hand. Oh, awesome, awesome. So a lot of you guys just love how full it is. It just makes my heart happy. Um, we're going through Ephesians right now. Um, we're just, we literally decided, we, don't, we haven't done this yet as a church. Well, we've done, we did a little bit with John uh, about a year ago. We just wanted to spend some time going through the whole book of Ephesians and literally reading it line by line, right? Um, a lot of times you can preach lots of different ways. You can preach a message on a topic and then find scripture that, fa- that matches it. You can take a, a, a verse and, and kind of expound on it and tell stories and cross-reference. Or you can go through the Bible, they call it um, expound expository, expositionally, exegetical, that's what it is. (laughs) I didn't grow up a pastor. All right. Um, But (laughs) so we're just, we want to give our community different ways of experiencing God, experiencing his word. So we're going to do that today. Last week was really powerful. um, And I'm excited to jump in for the second one. And then um, I'm going to think, I forget who's doing it next week. Is it you? Chris is, and then you. So we're actually, you're going to get to hear how each one of us does a little bit differently. I think that's amazing. All right, let me, let me pray. Let me pray. God, we love you. Oh, worship was really good, God. It was really good, God. I just thank you, Father, for our worship team. <laughs> they just, they're so free. They just take us into the heavens, Lord. Yeah, I just pray for this morning, Father, the word, your word would go out, Lord, and, and it would not return without 
changing and transforming minds this morning, God, that your word would, would just rest in hearts this morning, that your word would preach louder than any human could, Father. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're just going to start reading it. You guys ready? Um, I, I, I said last week, it's, for me, it's just my personality. It's really hard for me to, to preach this way because I read the word and it's just so rich. Like every, I want to stop at every single scripture and I might, I might, all right? I just might. But I want to stop sometimes because you see it and you're like, in Christ, what does that mean? Like we talked about in Christ was like six or seven times in Ephesians 1. And so we had to actually look at, well, what does that mean? And why should I care? And if it, you know, I, I mentioned last week that I, I had a really slow transition into Christendom. I got saved instantly, but it took me about three or four years to, to even open my Bible. All right, don't judge me, all right? I see you. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> I got it, right? Like, God's faithful. And so I, I, when I, remember how it, I remember reading the Word, and it had no effect on me. I didn't know how to read it. The words didn't jump off the page at me, all right? Some of you guys might be there, too. You're like, well, it kind of puts me to sleep. And I want to tell you guys, just hang in there. Hang in there, because the more you read it, and, and really what it is, the more you read it with God, which I didn't know how to do. I didn't have amazing worship when I got saved. I had no idea that was a lie, that was a thing, okay? But as I started feeling God's presence, I would read his word, and his presence would push the words off the page into me. That's the best way I can, th- I can say it, right? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, you just, there's something that just clicks, and so I pray this morning that this, during this, ses- this um, series that it starts to click for you, that something just happens, and you become just you have an hungry and have an appetite to see his words jump off the page. All right, with that, let's just jump in. All right, so um, recap Ephesians. If you weren't here, Paul is, re- is writing the book of Ephesians from prison. Everybody say from prison. Stay locked up in a dark Roman prison, okay? Not like our little four meals and, you know, three squares and whatever. You know, it's like, no, you, like he, he's in it. And he's writing some of the scriptures of like seated in heavenly places, oh, to the glory of God, who who is who has delivered us from every. I mean, you're just you're reading. So you're like, dude, this guy's in prison. So I just want to give you some context as we're reading through this. You're sitting there, you're not doing anything anyway. So you might as well just think about Paul in prison writing this to us, okay? And he didn't write it to just one small people group. They say that Ephesians was actually written to be passed around to the churches. Okay, and, and if you can imagine, Paul wrote this, and he also wrote Philippians, Colossians, oh, what was the other one? Galatians, in the same in prison set, setting, okay, because he was in prison multiple times. So I just understand a little bit of context of what we're talking about here. Um, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn once. Um, some of you guys don't watch TV, so you don't know what that joke is. Okay. All right. <laughs> Holiday Inn, right? What is it? It is the holiday angel. Come on now. Don't leave me hanging up here. Um, all right. You guys ready? I feel like we're about to jump into something big here. All right. All right. Ephesians 2 verse 1. All right. Um, so, and, okay. So verse 1. I'm in the NASB if you're wondering and you're on your phone and you want to go up there and hit the translation, feel free. Knock yourself out. All right. Verse 1. And you were, it says, well, let me back up. Right before we jump into this, um, in, in chapter 1, and remember, there's no chapters delineated. Paul didn't say, oh, I'm going to write chapter 2 now. Um, he literally just kept writing. 
okay? And so, you know, the first, the first part of um, uh, Ephesians 1 is all about our position as a Christian, where we're seated, um, we're predestined, we've been adopted, all these really amazing things. We're in Christ, with, we're redeemed, we're sanctified. That's chapter 1. And he ends chapter 1 um, talking about, uh, uh, um, it actually ends it with talking about, and, and we are the body, that Christ is the head of the body. And so jumping into chapter 2 now, he says this, and you... And by the way, Paul's talking to both Jews and, and Gentiles, okay? And later on, you'll see he actually addresses the Gentiles, and we'll, we'll jump into that if we need to, but I'm just letting you get in some context. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Let me, I have to stop. I just have to. It says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. It's, he's talking about you, you, before you came to know the way, as they called it back then. They didn't call it Christianity. They called it the people of the way. Before you we were part of this, you were dead. And so Paul is literally reminding them, listen, before all this, you were dead. What's it mean to be dead? Isn't it interesting that he calls people that don't know Christ dead? Just think about that. We don't walk around saying, you're dead. You're dead. Wow, you don't know Jesus? You're dead. But it literally says, but you're dead. You're, you're not alive. You're not alive. And so there's a, there's a very interesting, we can miss this. So this is why I'm calling it out, because I, I miss it sometimes. But the reality is, he, and I think it's in Colossians, he says, but I brought you out of death into the marvelous light. And so he's literally, there is a very real thing. There's a very real aspect that before you get saved, you're, you're essentially dead compared to what? Compared to knowing. Compared to being saved, to being in Jesus, to being seated with the Father. There's a big difference there. And I just want to just recognize that. People that are like, like telling people about Jesus all the time, they have this, this burning in their heart to make people come alive. And that, that's, that's, a, that's a gift. And I, I, I want to pray for you guys. I pray right now, actually, that every single person here starts to see people as not just being another person walking around, but someone that needs life desperately. And that, that's real, right? There are people that don't know Christ. The end for them is life without him, which is in hell. And so Paul's saying, he says, wow, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, that you're, the things you did wrong, um, that you didn't measure up, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. And so he's comparing it to the world. All right, skipping forward, verse 3. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature, we say by nature, by nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. If you've never really heard this idea of a sin nature, if you don't know Christ, if you don't have God in you, you have a nature that is prone to sin. Okay? Now, why is that? To me, that's really interesting because it's hard for me to expect a bear to act like a turtle. It's not in his nature to act like a turtle. A bear acts like a bear because it's how he's made. It's how it's, it's his nature. And so people with sin natures, before you were saved, you were prone to wander. 
right? Prone to wander, Lord, I know. No, see, that was your old self, right? I once was blind. I didn't have eyes to see. There was a real thing that everybody walking around is prone to sinning. So that's why you can't shame people for not knowing Jesus. You can't shame people for sinning. They, they don't know better. It's in their nature to disobey God. Okay, but here's some good news. Can I just, can I take a mini trail? Just, it's, it's a small one. <laughs> Aaron Britton's like, small one, small one, sir. All right. I don't know how small it's going to be. We're in Romans now. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not sorry. Okay, so listen, we're going to talk about this nature thing. Jess told me to be careful because it's, it's a big pod to open up here. So I'm going to hit this kind of succinctly, all right? But this is super important. If I could just switch from Ephesians to Romans right now and just finish it, we would. But I, it's, there's still so much good stuff. I want you to understand that it's so important as Christians that you understand that this sin nature was done away with when you got saved. That your, your tendency to wander, your tendency to look away from God, to draw away from Him, to hide from God, it's not in your nature anymore to do that. You actually don't have a sin nature. You have a new nature. It says that you are a new creation. The old is what? Say it again. Come on. Hallelujah. This is the gospel. Come on. We're preaching the gospel. <laughs> Listen, the gospel should be preached daily in your life because it has everything it needs to get you where you need to go. All right. Oh, Jesus, help me. I love this stuff. I, I could read Romans 4, 5, and 6, and 7, and 8 every day. Oh, because I forget. Because I forget. Because the things of the world, the lusts of the world, well, they're trying to remind me of who I used to be, who I formerly walked in, right? And so the world is trying to, trying to pull you back into their, into their citizenship, their kingdom. And God isn't worried about you. He's like, oh, no, I got you. You got my nature. So I'm, I'm just going to read some just highlighted verses I do. Whenever I teach people about the sin nature is gone, and sometimes you have to really, some people don't want to believe they don't have a sin nature. This is a weird thing, guys. This is a thing in the church. I, not every church, of course not. But there's some people that believe that we still have a sin nature. And that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That God saved me, but I'm still a sinner. Listen, you may, your actions don't define who you are, okay? Just because I, I love what Chris says. Just because I eat a hamburger doesn't mean I'm a hamburger. Or doesn't mean I'm a McDonald's. Because I, you know, you know, does that make sense? But some, so sometimes we do silly things like eating McDonald's hamburger, right? Amen. <laughs> Sometimes we eat it at uh, a Taco Bell. Like you just do things you normally know you know you shouldn't be doing. You want me to name a few others? No, okay. <laughs> but but it doesn't make you. It doesn't make you a uh, someone that I am a Taco Bell. I I ate a taco burrito. Double crispy thing with cheese and something else in there, right? Double decker. I I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I was, I was once, I was once fasting. All right, sorry. I was once fasting, and and um, I used to, and and I broke a fast with a McDonald's McGriddle. 
Do you know what this, do you know what those things are? I'm going to tell you. Listen, it's like an Egg McMuffin, okay, which seems pure and holy, okay? <laughs> so they, they take these things, and they literally, it's like two waffle pancakes, or they're, they're flat, they're like, they're literally like, like, I don't know what they are, but they inject them with syrup, and then they put stuff in it, like, a, like, like what looks like a sausage patty, and what looks like cheese, and maybe they'll let, it's, it's called a McGriddle, okay? I was... For like two days, I wished I was still fasting, okay? Like, <laughs> we learn to eat better one bad decision at a time, amen? All right, that was good wisdom someone told me one time. All right, so sin nature. So, he's, so Paul, Paul in Romans 7, as he's in a Roman jail in, in Ephesians, he's talking about this stuff. And I'm just going to highlight some scriptures here. Um, Romans 5.1, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, um, through whom also we've obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. Um, going down, much more having then now been justified by his um, have been justified by his blood, we, ask you about, said, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. You see, God put all of his wrath on the cross when he defeated sin. And so there is now no more wrath on us. We are no longer called the sons of disobedience. We are not sons of wrath now. We are now sons of God. We've been, we've been, we've been adopted into the family. And God doesn't have sons of wrath. He just has sons and daughters. All right. Ah. So here's a great one. So talking about Adam. So then as through one transgression, Adam, there resulted condemnation to all men. So because of Adam's sin, we all partook in that, uh, the punishment. Even so, through one act of righteousness, Christ, there resulted justification. Justification means just as if I never sinned. Justification. The re, uh, justification of life. Everybody say life. Remember we were talking about the dead? Now we're in life. It's right here. It's in the Bible. I love it. It's preaching for me. I get really excited up here. You guys know I do. All right. <laughs> For even through one man's, okay, result the justification of life to all men. For as through, did you know that, that this is an offer to all men? That this was, this was given to everybody. He doesn't distinguish between Jews and Gentiles. He died for all men. It's an opportunity. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made sinners. No, it says righteous. <laughs> Listen, that's right there. It's right there. We don't have to guess. You don't have to transpose the words. It literally says it. Through one man, we were all made sinners. Sinners. I'm just a sinner. And then Paul says, stop calling yourself that because through the other man, we were all made what? We were all made what? Righteous. Right standing. Righteous. It means we stand in a place of innocence. Innocence. You know what innocence is? I'm way out of Ephesians right now, but we're going to get back there. <laughs> this is just so juicy because 
Every day, every day, you're, you're bombarded with either thoughts and ideas that I'm not as innocent as I think I am. You're, you're bombarded with these ideas that, that, that you're not successful enough, that you, dis, you didn't listen to God last week, did you? You didn't read your Bible enough this morning. You didn't pray, did you? I saw you. You know, it's like we're being bombarded with the world that's trying to pull us out of this place of right standing. And so this is why the gospel is for you every day. Don't graduate. Don't move past the gospel. Come on, I know. And if it's not powerful you now, just keep reading it. It took me a long time. Praise God, you guys don't have to do that. But it took me years, because I didn't have a church like this, to realize how important this was to me. I floundered around relying on other people to tell me how good I was. Because I didn't have the gospel telling me how amazing I was. I didn't understand it. So it didn't land in my heart. And the truth didn't set me free because I didn't understand the truth. Oh. Let's go back. All right, let's go back. I think that was good. Yes. <laughs> okay, glory. All right, verse 4. We're getting there. It's a short chapter. All right. What time is it? All right. We got this. Verse 4. But God. Everybody say, but God. It's a good word. But God, but God being rich in mercy. Now just say, don't just say rich in mercy and move on. Stop and think about what the heck does that mean? He's rich in mercy. He's like Scrooge McDuck diving through his like millions, right? He's like, he's like, I'm full of mercy. I've got, I've got so much mercy. I could just give it away. So I'm, come on, ducktails. All right. So moving on. <laughs> Some of you young people need to look up DuckTales. YouTube it. Scrooge McDuck. All right. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Man, this is the love story. Even when, even when we were dead. This is really good news. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, the things we did wrong, he made us alive together with Christ. And then it says, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us. Can I just say mercy? Let's just say mercy. Say mercy. Mercy. Listen, mercy is, is, is not giving somebody what they deserve. Mercy, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, gladiator, like, like mercy, don't kill him, you know, it's like, mercy is like, is that like he should die, but we don't, we're not going to do it. That's mercy. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, and I thought, man, I just, I just want to thank God for your, for his mercy in my life. You see, you know how, you know what we're called to do? We're called to extend mercy. 
You know what extending mercy looks like in our, in, our, in our kind of terms? It means when someone does something that really upsets you, you extend mercy. Yeah. And you should probably just start shouting and yelling at that person because they did something wrong. But I'm going to extend mercy, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to extend forgiveness. Yeah. I'm going to give them mercy. You know, when someone does something, when, when Christ was, was being nailed to a cross by his people, right? It was the Jews that made this happen. What did he say? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And so when you have this perspective for people, man, it's so easy to give them mercy. It's so easy to look at somebody that looks like they're so wrong. We can look at, gosh, we can look at the governmental bodies, right? And you're like, why are you doing that? That's horrible. Like, really, you would, you would, you would pass a law that does that? That allows full turmoil? Why would you do that? You guys are horrible. But here's the deal. We're called to extend mercy to people and forgiveness. Because if they're doing that, they probably have no idea what they're doing. Right? Who, who are we really against in this battle? The one that actually has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And so I love, I love that it's just through his mercy, being rich in mercy. How many of you guys want to be rich in mercy? You want to hand it out like it's a freaking like Starbucks gift card. Come on now, like everybody gets one, right? Like it's like Oprah, like everybody gets a car, right? Like everybody gets mercy. <laughs> you get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. Um, this, is what we're, this is what it means to be a Christian, extending mercy. Because it's his, it's his kindness that caused us to move into repentance. It's our kindness. Now, sometimes mercy looks like, hey, I love you. I love you. You, didn't know, you don't know what you're doing, but can I educate you a little bit? Can I tell you what this actually is? It's murder. We're killing babies. And I love you too much to let you keep going down this road but I love you. I'm not going to tear you down on Facebook. I'm not going to defamate your, your character by finding holes in, 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 your, in your argument and, and make you feel bad. I'm not going to shame you for anything you're doing, but I am going to tell you the truth. And sometimes truth comes out a little bit louder because you're passionate. Amen. And that's okay. Like, we, there's nothing wrong with that. But in your passion, make sure your love is turned on and you're full of mercy for people. You can be right and, and share your opinion, but do it with loads of mercy. And when someone comes back to try to attack you, you can come back and go low and say, I don't know why you're saying that, but this is what I'm saying. And you come in with mercy. Sorry, that was a, that was a, a, a little bit of a side note, but I love it. All right, verse 8. For you have been saved through faith. For, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Can we stop there again? I know, this is going to take forever. Listen, for, for by grace you have been saved. Grace is his ability, his power, his wonder-working power to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Grace. It's the power of God. For by his power, his grace, you have been saved through what? Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but some of you guys know exactly what this is saying. Some of us are still, we're still not sure. And so 
by grace through faith, and then it says this, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What's the gift? Salvation. Grace is also a gift. You know what also is a gift? Faith. All right, I'm going to keep reading. I'll, I'll hit that again. Not as a result of works. Say works. 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 So that no one may boast. Why is this in there? Why does he even have to say it from prison of all places? Why is it so important for Paul to say that in Scripture? Because there's people walking around that would get saved, and then they'd lord it over each other. Man, I, I'm so glad there's no super saved Christians out there trying to make everybody else feel like they're more saved than somebody else. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. If you're a pastor, you're saved. If you're a, a four-year-old that gave, his life to, gave her life to Jesus, you're, you're saved. And let me tell you this. This is how easy salvation is. You guys ready for this? This might upset a few of you. I doubt it. I love you guys, but it might upset you guys. It's, it wasn't even your faith that caused you to move into salvation. Who's the author of our faith? Romans, I think it's 12 too. Romans, yeah, Romans 12. Who's the author of our author and finisher of our faith? So faith starts and ends with who? Jesus, right? So did you ever come up with this idea of faith to believe in Jesus? Was it ever your idea? I know. It was his grace. It was even his faith that allowed us to be saved. This is how easy he wanted to make this for us. Isn't that amazing? This is why it's so important to let people know about the true gospel. It's his kindness. Are you serious? He did all of that. All I have to do is say yes. This is an amazing thing, guys. Salvation is by grace through a faith. But it's even his ability to pull us into salvation. We don't even have the ability to save us, to, 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 to believe in grace without Jesus. All right. Where's my water? I get that. I'm parched. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love it. For we are as, uh, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. Gosh, it's so loaded. I'm sorry. This is just so thick. This is why, this is why humility is so important. Because even the gifts that you are, even the gift of healing, who gave you that? Even the gift of prophecy, who gave you that? The gift of evangelism, the gift of, 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 of wisdom, the gift of faith, all of this you didn't have. It was all a gift, unmerited. You didn't earn it. You, didn't, you weren't good enough for it. Like, there's not some people that get saved, and because they were higher up in the order, they're given better gifts. No, in fact, I, for some reason, I think it's the opposite, because some of the biggest screw-ups walk in the greatest anointing, and I, I can't understand it, okay? I'm like, Jesus, I prayed way more than that person, and everybody's getting healed when they lay hands on them, all right? What's going on? It's him. It starts with him and it ends with him. You're not called to compare yourself with other people because the only result of comparing yourself is boasting. 
And as my wife just said, that causes division, causes disconnection with people. So this is why I love, I mean, you just got to unpack this stuff a little bit so that no one would boast. Do you know that it didn't start with the gift of healing? It started with the gift of salvation. And so he's consistent with all of his gifts. He's like, listen, you didn't earn any of these gifts. Now, some people are going to, they're going to go after certain gifts and they're going to grow in the gift of healing. And you know why they're going to grow in the gift of healing? Because they trained themselves. Because they practiced. They grew in faith. And so if you want to grow in your gifts, sometimes you actually have to operate in them. You have to work on them. You have to practice them. Anyway, that's, 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 that's for us. Okay, that's uh, verse 11. Therefore, remember... Oh, we forgot 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I'm just going to say this. About a month ago, I started seeing the scripture and I realized that this is my wake-up verse. This is my wake I wake up and I say, God, I am your workmanship. I am created for good works today. Today, there's good works prepared for me. Today, it's a good day. It's my day. I'm waking up and I have air in my lungs and so I have something prepared for me today and it's good works. I've got something good for me. That's my morning verse. I wake up, and if I'm not having a good morning, I, I, I remember that. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh. So he's switching gears here a little bit, okay? Now he's going into talking about um, this, the, 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 the nature of, of the day was there was Gentiles and Jews he's talking to. And you got to remember the Jews were God's chosen people. These were people that have always, that, that, that they had the promises from the beginning of time with Abraham's promises that his people will be a blessed people, right? So there's all these promises attached to being a Jew. You were the rock stars of the day. And then there was the Gentiles, right? The ones that were not chosen that I, I guarantee you they were lorded over by the Jews. And so he's going into this now talking about this dynamic here. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, which was the thing you, that, see, Jews got circumcised, and that's what caused them to be set apart, by the so-called, so, so the, who are called uncircumcision, by the so-called circumcision, which is basically saying the Jews are, are, are lording it over, they're making fun of the Gentiles, which is performed in the flesh by human hands anyway. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded, he's talking about the Gentiles, exclu he's talking to Gentiles that are saved now, He's excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise. That just means that you, when you were Gentiles, before you knew Christ, you were, you were excluded from the promises. Just like before you got saved, you were excluded from the family. You were outsiders. You were aliens. Okay. And strangers to the covenants of, pro of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope. That's what it really means to not have Jesus. Let that sink in. I, I sometimes look around at people that are like sinning and, and drinking and doing the things and just having so much fun. And I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know that they do need Jesus. Like, look how much fun they're having. But when they stop and they, when, when the alcohol goes away or the fun subsides and they're alone again and they're left literally alone, I've, I need to remind myself that, man, 
There's times when I get a little hopeless and I have Christ in me. I can't imagine what it feels like to not have Jesus. Even an understanding, even a small understanding that I'm saved and with him, to not have any of that and to sit in my hopelessness. And so he says, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Come on. Who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh, Jesus, the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained and ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. So what he's saying here, he says, listen, there was, there was division among my people because there was the haves and the haves nots, and they, there, was, there, was, there was lording over. But Jesus says, listen, I want everybody. I want to reestablish what it means to be a Jew, to be part of the family, to be a, adopted into this. And so he says, listen, I came and Jesus became peace. This is why we will never have peace in the world until Jesus' name is on the lips of every, of every person. This is why like, the world has really good information and, and tactics to, um, and for counseling, for therapy. There's some really good like, worldly ideas. A lot of them are taken from Christianity. But the reality is lasting peace will only come from one man kind of preaching the gospel here, but it's not too, too shallow for you guys. But, but it's just, there's something so deep. I just saying, God, I've got to understand what this peace looks like. How many of you guys ever have a moment where you don't feel peaceful? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise it high, actually. Cool. And the few of you just, your arms hurt. You need healing. I don't know. <laughs> right now, I just feel like the Lord wants to heal shoulders. ha. <laughs> But seriously, be healed if you have a shoulder issue right now. Start trying it out. All right. <laughs> Only our church. All right. Come on. This is really good. Okay. Where am I? I've lost my place. Um, there we go. Verse 16, I think, right? Yep. And my, so, so he, he himself might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, and by it having put to death the enmity, the strife. The, this is why he's, he, he brought the ministry of reconciliation. All right, I'm going to keep reading. For, um, and he came and preached peace to you who were far away, the Gentiles, and peace to those who are near, the Jews. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. Let me back up there. I, I don't know how to preach on this, so I'm not going to. I, I just, to me, this feels really big to me. But when I think about racial issues, when I think about women and, and, you know, versus men and the, and the, the gaps we have with different things and um, real issues, real things. And to be honest, it just feels overwhelming to even like dive into this. 
But I want to encourage you guys, this is, this is what it looks like to bring peace to every divide, to every divide, to stop seeing people as black or white or yellow or blue or purple, and to start seeing them as sons or future sons. And that doesn't, that doesn't negate the real trials and struggles that come with some of the groups we're talking about. I don't want to diminish that because I think it's, it's, we need to honor the historical struggles we've all, that certain groups have had. Women, African Americans, whatever. Not whatever. African Americans and other people, etc. I don't want to minimize things. But I, here it is. It, it's clear. It's clear in the Bible that Jesus is the reconciler of his people. And so whether it's a Jew and a Gentile or male and female or millennials and Gen Ys, I mean, listen, it, he died for them all. And if we can keep our eyes on that every person is made in the image of Christ, that they're either a son or a future son, then we can treat them with love and honor. And love and honor sometimes list, looks like listening to somebody's side of the equation. But it also means looking at Jesus as the reconciler. Like I said, I don't want to get into that. But I want to, that to me, when I read this, when I read about through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens. Listen, when we all get to heaven, there's not going to be any like competitions. We're going to be so connected to him that we're just going to start hugging each other and laugh at why we were so worried about stuff. All right. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. I want to call, this is we're finishing here. I'm landing it here, guys. There's no more scriptures to read, all right? So you're safe. <laughs> Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. I stopped there and I was talking to God, like, what does that actually mean? I feel like a lot of times we hear of, according to the prophets and the apostles and da-da-da-da. Like, what does that mean to us? And it might mean something different to you as you read this. But what the Lord spoke to me in the context of what he was painting a picture of, I saw that he's building a foundation on the mothers and fathers of our history, of mothers and fathers, of leaders around us. He's actually adding value to the leaders of, of the past, of Abraham, Isaac, I mean, Jacob, and, and David, and all these fathers, these apostles and the prophets that he's built all this on. But he still says, remember, I think it's in John, he says, says even John the Baptist, he is the least in the kingdom, Right? He's the least in the kingdom. And so he's, he is the last prophet that came. And so, man, even though we honor all the prophets and the apostles as, as our foundation, we're standing on the shoulders of mothers and fathers right now. Okay? I love one of the, one of the most, one of the, one of the quotes that I just keep, it's always stayed with me as I've learned about um, the kingdom and mothers and fathers and, the, and sons and daughters and what's the role it's never left me that the, the mothers and fathers, our, our role as mothers and fathers is to make, do our best to make our ceiling our kids' floors, right? And so there's this picture that we, let me just put it this way, a bad father 
is jealous of his son or his daughter getting too good, being too successful, right? And so I'm going to do my best to make sure they don't, they don't get too uppity. I'm going to push them back down. Don't get too big for your britches, right? I want you to stay, no, but, but, a, but a good father raises his kids up, all right? So if you're a mother and father in this room, I want to encourage you to, to, to do your best to, to elevate and raise up the sons and daughters around you. And what that looks like just means encouraging the heck out of them. Saying like, wow, that was amazing. You guys are phenomenal. You know, I was never that powerful in my walk as you are right now. I wish I was as, I was as far as you were when I was your age. I mean, I'm, I'm literally jealous of half of you guys that are younger than me, and I'm 40, so it's more than half. But I'm excited for you guys. That you guys are walking in an understanding of sonship, of righteousness, that is so freeing. Now, when I was 18, when I was 22, like, I was still trying to figure out how to stop going to nightclubs. I was trying to figure out why I shouldn't be drunk on a Sunday morning. And so you guys are walking in, in an incredible time right now. We all are. Where we're passing on an understanding. Because all it is, it's just an understanding. The scriptures didn't change. We've just finally captured the understanding of it. Of the level of abundant freedom that God actually came to give us. That we're not sinners saved by grace with this perpetual ceiling over us called righteousness that we just can't get to. But no, we're standing seated in heavenly places with the Father in the throne room. He took you, he took you from, from walking the streets sinning to an instant elevator ride up to the top floor seated with the Father. If you don't feel a little insecure with your position in Christ, you don't get it. You, you, you should be a little, just not a lot maybe, just a little bit. There should be a twinge of like, how did I get here? How did, how did she get here? <laughs> or I know how she got here, but me? Like, th there should be a little bit of like, whoa. Whoa. All my sins, not even remembered? You forgot them? I could try, but you'd forget again? What? And that, that should be your wake-up thought. That I wake up fully empowered to walk this thing out. Not without him, because that's impossible. The Christian walk is impossible. Have you got that yet? It's impossible to do what he calls us to do. Impossible. Which is why he made sure we would never be without him. And he's called us to do it as a family. On the shoulders of mothers and fathers that Christ himself is the cornerstone of. And whom this whole building, this whole house that we're in is being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Come on. Come on. Why don't you guys stand with me right now? I'm excited for the rest of Ephesians because really this just laid the groundwork 
for stuff, for scriptures that say far more abundantly beyond all you could ask or imagine. That's next week. But you can't get FMAB, I call it FMAB, far more abundantly beyond FMAB. You can't get to FMAB until you understand, how did I get here? You, you can't move on into the greater things of God. Oh, this is good. Keep standing. I, I won't go on this too long. But I just, I just grabbed this. Listen, the, the greater things of Christianity are not supposed to be experienced until you understand your righteousness. If you move into like signs and wonders and healings and, and manifestations like feathers showing up and, and debt cancellations and weight loss supernaturally, if you start walking in this stuff before you understand the humility that comes with being saved through no work of your own, whoo, look out. Because it will, it will come, it'll creep up on you, pride, that you had something to do with this miracle. It will creep, I promise you it will. It creeps up on me every now and then. And look at me, he got, I got three people in a row got healed when I prayed for him, honey. Wasn't, wasn't that amazing? I mean, isn't Jesus amazing? It creeps up on you if you're not careful. This is why you have to recognize that God, I am, I don't know how I got here. I just, I mumbled the words, yes. I didn't know what I was doing. But I'm so glad I did. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't earn this. I don't know that I deserved it, although you say I do because I'm your son and I've been welcomed. But I, I don't understand that. And so I, right now, Father, I pray for each person here, God, that we would grab a hold of, of the sheer humility that we were brought into this incredible story of salvation, of righteousness, of, of a, our nature now is, to be, is prone to seek you. Our nature is prone to look into your eyes. It's our nature to obey you. It's our nature to say yes to you. It's our nature to laugh to, with you. It's our nature to, to have joy. It's our nature to rejoice. It's our nature to worship you. And all of that we had nothing to do with, except we stumbled over the words, yes, and I do. And there is no boasting, Father, as high as, you lay, as high as you raise us up, Father, we will never boast that we had anything to do with it, except believing that you are who we say we are, and that we wake up believing that every morning. Whew. So just... Put your hand on your heart and just say amen to yourself right now. Like, that's, that's for me. And right now, I, I, you know, our eyes are closed. Just keep them closed right now. If there is anybody in the room, if there's anybody in the room that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you, you, you know that, man, I, I want to be prone. I want to be prone to doing the right things, to saying yes to Jesus. I, I need him in my life. There was something burning in my heart when you were reading the scriptures. If you're here and that's you, would you raise your hand really high right now? Just raise your hand. I, I don't care if it's one, two, or even nobody. I, I, we're, we do it because, because we want God to bring the lost. So we're going to make a moment here. Just take a second right now. If that's you, don't wait. Now is the time for salvation. Right now, raise your hand. Raise it, raise it high. If you need to give your life to Jesus right now, 
Amen. I see you, brother. Come on. Come on. Amen. If that was you, come on up afterwards. I want to meet you. I want to, I want to, I want to hold you. Hey, listen, one, one more thing. Come on. Amen. I love that. If there's, if there's anybody here now that you feel distant from God and there was something about you, like maybe I haven't been to church in a while or maybe I've just been like, oh, I'm so tired of the Christian walk. It's worn me out because I've been trying to do this on my own energy. If that's you and you want to, you want to submit to his grace all over again, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. I see the hands. Listen, this is not a sweaty faith. You will never work your way into his love. Awesome. Hey, if you raise your hand for that, I want you to come forward. Our prayer team, come on up right now. If you're on our prayer team, I need people to pray with people. Awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. Jesus, oh, <laughs> you're so good. You're so good, God. You're so good. Just tell him right now. Tell him you're so good. You're so good, God. Can we just, I just want to worship one song real quick. I know it's getting late. If you have kids, go get them, I guess, Lord. And I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. And I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. I'll stand, I'll stand, and I'll stand with arms high and heart of Sing all I am, and all I am is yours. All I am, and all I am is yours. Yeah. Just give him a shout right now. Give him thanks. Thank you, Father. Oh, we love you, God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Come on up for prayer. We have an incredible prayer team. We call them the miracle team because God's doing stuff every week. Get a miracle. Get a word from the Lord. Have a great weekend. Um, it, have a great Sunday. You know what? Actually, real quick, we haven't done it this week. If, if you've never done the hearing from God class, we're going to do that in the middle section over there in about 10 minutes. So if you want to stick around, if you want to learn how to prophesy, hear from God for somebody else, we're going to do that over in 10 minutes. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.